You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Anybody know what we're talking about? In training. Anybody in training with us here? All right. Good deal. Uh, If you're not in training, you know you should be. How many of you know that's the truth? I mean, even if you're not, and, and we're talking spiritually this morning, but how many of you know in physical sense, if you're, you're not exercising, you're not eating right, you're not taking care of yourself, you're not resting good. How many know you still should be? Okay, we, we know what we should do and we're wanting to get that from just what we know to do on over into a place where something's really happening. Now, where we started with this a few weeks ago, and, and actually we're going to Uh, As I said, we're going to spend the bulk of the summer in this series. Recent years, I've limited all our series to about six weeks or so. And I just really feel impressed to the Lord, impressed to the Holy Spirit to spread this out a little bit. Because my original intentions were just to share with you why we should do this. And I really feel instructed to instruct you. And not just why we should do it, but what should we do? And how should we do this so that we can, we can grow really and, and be all that the Lord wants us to do? We started out kind of with this idea right here that we are trying to do some things that we should be, help me, that we should be training to do. We're trying to do some things that we should be training to do. And there's some things that you should not just try to do. Uh, before service last night, before service, first service, before this service, I've talked to people that are facing some kind of medical procedure or surgeries coming up, probably about six or eight between all three services. And uh, I could have said, Hey, don't go to the doctor. Let me try it. How many of you know it would be cheaper, but probably not in the long run. Okay. And so there's some things that Really, we don't want to try to do. We would rather get somebody that is trained to do it. You know, I've used the illustration. What if, you know, you're taking a flight and suddenly over the intercom comes a voice. Hi, my name's Bill. And I'm not your pilot, but I am today. And I'm going to try to fly this thing out of here. Y'all sit back. We'll give you double snacks. You know, that's not going to work. We don't want somebody trying, even if they're sincere, we want, we want training and we are in training. Say it again in training. And what we're in training for is the ultimate, uh, an ultimate goal. But along the way, help me out on this. What, what are we training? And it's going to produce in our lives. Anybody remember that we would be happy, come on, stable, fruitful, blessed, so we can be a blessing and a big one. Now, I had a guy last night tell me the way he remembers this. You ready? High school football. <laughs> and then another guy gave me one this morning. This was a little further reach. Let me see what it was. Uh, hunting stable for blessed baby. Let's stick with high school football. Okay. The... As we commit ourselves and follow through consistently, everybody say consistently. And that's the huge key is that we're consistent in training. Consistency beats intense effort every time. It's what you do consistent. It's what you do day by day that takes you to your future. Not what you do, you know, hey, you went to summer youth camp and you got fired up and then that lasted a week or whatever. And and that's not what I'm believing for our youth this summer. Or New Year's Eve and you make a resolution and it lasts till January 
third, you know, we're, we're not talking about that. We're talking about consistency, consistency, consistency. Now, the mindset that goes with trying a lot of times is pass fail. It's pass fail. You know, I tried to do this, which means this. I put some effort into it, which you should, but I failed. Whereas training has more of a progress and process kind of mindset to us. It's like, well, I didn't get it right, but I did better. And I'm going to show up again tomorrow and I'm going to put some effort and I'm going to apply the instruction. I'm going to do these things and it's going to help me to improve, to have progress and grow so that in fact I can be. Here's the goal that you and I can be. Say it with me. Stable, fruitful, blessed, so that, here's the ultimate goal, we can be a blessing. Guess what? You'll never be a blessing. Forgive the review, but it helps us. You'll never be a blessing if you're not happy. If you're not stable, if you're not fruitful, if you're not blessed, guess what? Nobody wants you to even try to be a blessing to them. If you're this grumpy, unstable, inconsistent, never done nothing person, and you want to come tell somebody how to live their life or be a blessing, you, you're not, God's, God can't use you in that way. People aren't going to be able to even see you or hear you. But if we put ourselves in training, what God will produce in us, happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, these are not the ultimate goal. This is the process. This is what God does for you so that he can use you in this way. So ultimately you can be a blessing. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now, I want to illustrate this morning. I didn't get a chance really to get in, be, to anybody before service. So let me, Pastor Mike, if you'll help me, because I know you'll, you'll play fair. <laughs> or at least I can keep an eye on you. And uh, let's see. Joshua, why don't you come up? Josh, uh, Morello, come, come over here. You come over there. And Josh, if, you, if you'll just come right here. We're going to juggle. And give you some. Don't drop them. All right, good deal. All right, let's see. I'm going to start with you. So step out here and... You don't have to know how. You just try. Okay. Just try. Come on. Oh, all right. That's, that's good. Come on. You know what your problem was on that? You didn't try hard enough. I need you, I need you to try harder. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Oh. Oh. All right, good, good. All right, let's see what you got. Actually, we had this set up. And he's helped me all three services on this. So. Now, how did he, now, let me go back over to Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike, he didn't say, what is juggling? He knew what that was. He didn't really ask any questions. He, and what did he do? He tried and see this away with a lot of our Christian things, practices that we, we know what that is. We know what that looks like. He, you know, had some of the moves and, 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 uh, you know, apparently he's done a little bit of it, but Joshua over here, uh, and, and the guys I chose for previous services, they were horrible, but, um, but Josh here, his new name is smooth. Uh, do a little more smooth for us here. See, see, and he didn't. He didn't just wake up and do that. His dad taught him, I understand. 
And then over time, then you work with that. Did you drop some along the way and, and so forth? But what he did actually, yes, he tried, but he was in training and that made that, made that happen in his life. Amen. All right. Good deal. Guys, thank you for helping me out here. Okay. I'm going to throw them out. Anybody want a tennis ball? Tennis ball. So what'd y'all do at church today? Hey, years ago on the anniversary of the church, I was throwing out these, we had these keepsakes and I had a keychain that was one of them and I beamed a lady right in the forehead. Yeah, she forgave me at the emergency room and uh, no, we didn't go, we didn't go that far. All right. Well, we want to talk about, um, ultimately within training is spiritual disciplines, practices. Don't let that phrase throw you off spiritual disciplines. We have to have them in our life and they're, they're not busy work and it's not torture. These are the things we apply to our training. These are the things we have to do and God will help us to do it. That are going to produce this that we're after in our, in our life. They are not works. It's not just effort. We're not trying to earn something, but what we are trying to do is maximize three things in our life. Okay. Let me give this to you real quick. We want to maximize God's presence in our life. We want to maximize God's power in our life. And we want to maximize God's wisdom in our life. And let me tell you, the more of God's presence, power, and wisdom you have in your life, everything you need is covered in those things. And it will produce high school football. No, it will, it will produce happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that you can be a blessing in your life. So what the spiritual disciplines or practices are, they're actually the steps in the path. And remember, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. And we're not trying to earn. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But it's not earning. We're not trying to earn something. But through the spiritual disciplines that we'll start to look at here this morning, those are the steps in the path. As one author wrote it, those are the conduits of grace. Those are the sails that catch the winds of the Spirit. And so as we involve ourselves in these things consistently, it will produce more of God's presence, more of his power, more of his wisdom in our life. That's where joy and grace and everything else are found under those things that will produce this in our life so that we can ultimately, and I pray this would be your goal, ultimately that you could be a blessing to somebody. That was really weak. <laughs> ultimately, so you could be a blessing to someone. Amen. Amen. All right. Everything that, uh, let me put it this way. The outcomes of our life for the most part are determined by how you think, how you speak and what you do. These things produce the outcomes in your life. And the more that we are involved in and moving toward more of God's presence, God's power and God's wisdom is going to impact how we think, how we speak and, and what we do. 
And those things are going to determine our incomes in our life, our, our outcomes in our life. Now, regarding uh, spiritual disciplines, there's what's called a classical list. If you study this, there's the classical list and it's broke up into two categories. And this is just what you need to understand about. There are things that you engage in and there are things that you abstain from. And that's true if you were training for a marathon. How many of y'all ever trained for a marathon? My brother-in-law here, he's a runner. Come on, let me see the hands of the runners here. God bless you. Uh, I used to have to run for punishment, so now I only run for punishment. No. uh, uh. But even when you're doing that, there's some things, I can't do that now. I must do this now. So there's things that you engage in and there are things that you abstain from. So you have the disciplines of abstinence. Let me just give you a partial list. Solitude, which means you, you have to, on a regular basis, you need to pull away from people and have solitude, some time by yourself. Guess what you're going to find in solitude? Solitude is full of God. Solitude is full of God. So you've got to kind of pull away. Also silence. You have to have some times of where the TV is not on. And you don't have earphones in and and you're not around a bunch of people. All. You've got to have some times of solitude, silence, fasting, frugality, simplicity, chastity, sacrifice, and on and on. There are many things that we should abstain from. But there's also the disciplines of engagement. These are things we should be active with and engage in. For example, study, worship, celebration, service, prayer, fellowship, confession, submission, friendship. These are some things that we are to engage in. Now... Bearing that in mind, we're going to zero in on one of these disciplines here this morning that I think is the one. And if you get this one going, the others will kind of uh, branch out of this. Before I get into that, there are four ways, and you need to know this, four ways that God communicates to us or with us. There's four essential ways. There's, There's a variety of these, but first of all, God communicates with us through his works, Through his works, things that he has done, things that he does, his creation. He communicates. Romans tells us that the invisible attributes of the creator are clearly seen by what he has created. So you can see beauty and order and variety and and incredible things uh, uh, in creation, what he's made. So his works. Second of all, his words. So God communicates to us, and this is the number one, number one way that he communicates to us, is through the Bible, through scripture, through, through his word. Y'all here? Okay, hold up just a second, and I'll come back to this. I had to do this with the other two services too, so I'll do it with you. When I ask for a response or something from me, it's not because I'm like suddenly feeling like insecure or something like that. And please cheer me on, pump me back up, or that we're never going to finish. It's not that, Okay. I've, I've spent time, I've prayed, I'm, I'm confident in this message. I know that I have this strong sense on the inside. God would have me deliver this to you, okay? And, and, I've, and I feel him helping me. So when I call for a response, uh, how many of you have heard me from time to time refer to myself as a delivery boy? Okay, so I'm a delivery boy and I'm delivering for God today. And so I'm backing up my truck. And we're going to offload some things for you today. Now, how many of you have ever had something delivered to your house before? Okay. The rest of you? Anyway, try it. But um, 
if you have something sent to you that's easily replaced or it's, it's not rare at all, it's not expensive or whatever, then you know what? You order it and they'll leave it on your door. It doesn't matter. You know, dogs, neighbor kids can come get it. It really, really doesn't matter. But if you get something that's expensive or rare or hard to replace, guess what? You got a what? You got to sign for it. And they'll knock on your door. Sometimes they'll call ahead of time. If you're not there, they'll leave a note on your door and call us and let us know when we can do this. Well, you know what? This is so valuable. What I'm trying to get across to you as a delivery guy, I'm trying to get you to come out and sign for the delivery. Okay. So when I'm calling for a response, it's for you. It's for you to get yourself back. Yes. Yeah. Amen. High school football, uh, you know, whatever to get in there with us on this is for you. So you with me this morning? All right, good, good. Now, four ways that God communicates with us. Number one, through his works. Secondly, through his words. Thirdly, through his whispers. That's his Holy Spirit leading you on the inside, prompting you, helping you. We'll talk more about that later. And then fourthly, through what is called a witness and a witness really means that somebody else is going to speak as well. This is through other believers, through other people, through, through books, through CDs, through a preacher, you know, that a friend that's a believer that God would speak in this way. What we're going to zero in on this morning is God's words, God's words. So God is speaking to us through his word and the spiritual discipline that we're looking at here this morning is actually called the study of God's word. Now, part of this will be a little bit practical, but how many of you know we need practical? If I just gave you this high floaty kind of thing, you're not going to be able to apply that. It's absolutely bottom line, spiritual and real deal, but there's some practical things that go along with this. You and I are going to have to be in training and develop the discipline of the study of God's word. God's word, the scriptures, the Bible, the number one selling book of all times. And I don't have time to go into it this morning, but there's archaeological, historical proof of how this canon of holy scripture, 66 books, over 40 authors on several continents came all together and weaves together into one piece of material somehow. It's a phenomenal thing. And it's a living book. It's an alive book. It's not just, yeah, I read that one. No, you read other books. This is a living book. This is God inspired. And I'm telling you what, you start to get it in you. You're going to know you got it in you. It's going to start to have some impact in you. Amen. Now, and we know that, and some people just have the, the big, you know, 43 pound Bible on the coffee table and that's to dry leaves, keep old newspaper clippings and cool feather. I found And we honor it. Oh, we honor it. It's like, don't touch that. We don't read it either, but don't touch it. Because it's God's word right there. It's going to protect us. Like it's some kind of lucky charm. And what we've got to do, though, is get the word of God into us. Not just respect it. Not just, you know, see it, have one or whatever. But we've got to get it into us. In a consistent fashion, it has to be a spiritual discipline. Now, the Bible, and and if you don't have a Bible, every service, we want to make sure that you get a Bible. We have carts out by these doors as you come in. If you came and you didn't bring a Bible, you're welcome to grab one of those on your way in. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you're welcome to keep that Bible. 
and take it with you. And some of you have about 15 of our Bibles. And so we're going to have amnesty day next Sunday and you can bring back some of them for others. Okay. Um, we put scriptures on the screen and that's for a couple reasons. First of all, so that I can make sure that you actually did see the scripture. Cause I remember early in my Christian walk, you know, you'd be in church and they go, go to Ecclesiastes chapter seven. You're like, who? And you'll just play along and you're, you're nowhere near it. You're like in second Kings and you're like, that's right. <laughs> Amen. And you never got there. So I want to make sure you at least see it. The other thing is a huge time saver because I've been in churches before. Did everybody turn there yet? And you got, you know, no, give me a minute. And you know, all over the place. So, but I still encourage you to, you know, look for them. And then from time to time, I use different translations or versions. And I want you to have the benefit of seeing this because seeing it reinforces what you hear as well. So the Bible is an incredible thing. But when we talk about the study now get this, that's just the overarching term that we're going to use for this discipline. It also means to read, to read, to study, to hear, and to meditate. To read, to study, to hear, and to meditate. And why do we start with the word when we have all these other disciplines? Shouldn't it be prayer? Shouldn't it be service? Shouldn't it be generosity? Shouldn't it be those things? You're not even going to know what to do with those things. If you don't start with the word first. So we start with the word first. Here's just a couple of reasons. Because faith comes by hearing the word. The word is what causes faith to come. The word brings light. The word brings understanding. The word, it says he has exalted his word even above his name. And his name is above every name that is named. So if God has exalted his word in such a way, I think we should as well. It is also more desirable than our necessary food. I'm getting closer and closer to eating some necessary food. But the word is first. It's more desirable than silver. It's more desirable than gold. It's more desirable than much fine gold. It's sweeter than honey. It's sweeter than the honeycomb. It is forever settled in heaven. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. It lights our path. It warns us. It guides us. It heals us. It directs us. And it makes us wiser than our enemies. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And so I say, man, we need to, like David said, I love your word. I want you to just become a word junkie that we're just, I've got to have his word. His word means so much to me. I can't live without a word from my sponsor. How dare any of us go through a day without hearing from him. This is the number one way that he will speak to us. I get leery of people that don't have this discipline. They're always saying, God told me. And I find a lot with them that God changes his mind a lot too. Anyway, that's another series. Nothing is more important than hearing and obeying God's word. And here we find that study, which also is to read, to study, to hear, to meditate, to study God's word, which is a discipline of engagement, perfectly connects with another discipline, a discipline of abstinence, which is solitude. How many of you know that you read, study, hear, and meditate better when you're by yourself? And maybe it's just because I'm a guy, but I have, I have problems doing more than one thing at a time. Anybody with me on that? 
I mean, the, the other day I was on the phone. We've got a TV. It's just not turning on and stuff. And so Alicia said, will you call on that? So I called and, you know, and they said, yes, it's covered and we're going to transfer you now. And so I'm on hold with them. And then they tell me some things. Okay, now we're going to transfer you to here. It's like a 25 minute call. Everybody was great about it, but it was just, you know, on hold and stuff. And I got kids coming and going and Alicia coming and going. She's cleaning and doing and cooking. And her little dog is being her little dog. And, 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 and I'm like, They're like, what are you doing? I'm on hold. <laughs> but so I didn't want to miss anything, you know, or, or going through the drive through. I can do the drive through perfect by myself. <laughs> but you put other people in the car. I, I shut down. <laughs> I can only drive now. <laughs> Sometimes we pull up the thing. I, I can't do it. So Alicia will actually lean over me and, and order the stuff. It probably freaks them out because they got the little video camera out there and they see me driving and it's a little lady voice. Yes, we'll have it. Right, anyway. <laughs> but the same is true. If you're going to try to read, study, hear, and meditate on the Word of God, you can't do that with Jerry Springer on. Or Nancy Grace. Or let's make a deal. Or you got all your... But I got my jams on. Jam off. Because you're not going to be able to take this in. If you're going to truly do this, if for no other reason, just to honor God. What if you tried to, with a person, have a million conversations and what? Yeah, you're right. I did it, did it, did it, and you're, and you're everywhere else. You're going to dishonor. And I think out of honor for God's word, you just need to focus in. So a discipline of abstinence that goes with a discipline of engagement is the study, the reading, the study, the hearing and the meditating of God's word, I think is best done in solitude. You've got to carve out a time and a place where you can get where there's nothing going on. And guess what? Solitude is full of God and he'll meet you in that place. Now, let me read you a couple of things about the word here this morning. Second Timothy three sixteen. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, which means ultimately what's going on? High school football. When all that's going on in your, in you, it is produ- it's showing you what's wrong. It's teaching you to do what is right. It's correcting you. It's showing you what is true. He's equipping you and helping you to, to be used of God in every way that he desires. And you know what that's doing? That is the word of God is producing in you. This God-inspired word is producing in you that you would be happy, that you would be stable, that you would be fruitful, you'd be blessed so that you can be a blessing. In Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3, it said, blessed is the man, get that, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. He's careful about where he's getting his information. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be high school football. He shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Do you see it? And what is it? What is the element that he's bringing into his life that he's delighted about, that he's consistent about, that is producing this? It's the word of God. So we have to give ourselves to it. And listen, some of you have grown up in church. Some of you were born in a Sunday school room, you know? And some of you, it's brand new to you. But listen, it's not a matter of just knowing I should do that. If the change is really going to happen, because I know all kinds of good church going people who are not happy and not stable and not fruitful and not blessed and not a blessing. But I go to church. I got four Bibles. Whoop. T do that's Greek for it doesn't matter at all. You got to get it in you. It's the impact. That's like if your doctor gave you a prescription said, this will clear this up and you just keep it in the bottle and show everybody this will clear this up. Then rub some on bro. Take some, do something. And we've got to get the word of God in us. Get an amen from me. All right. I'm going to try to rush on this and still, still do service with it. I want to give you some practical things about developing this discipline uh, concerning the study, the reading, the study, the hearing, the meditating of God's word. First of all, you have to develop a taste for it. You have to develop a hunger for God's word. Jeremiah said this in chapter 15, verse 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing in my heart. What happened? He found it and he, and he ate it. You have to get a taste for it. Yesterday, uh, Lee and Katie had a little birthday party, one-year birthday party for Gavin. So some family and friends gathered around and we had an awesome time. It was so funny because all these people brought gifts for him and everything. And you know what he did? He waddled off, sat under the dining room table and played with pot holders. <laughs> so I know what to get him next year. But... Uh, but it's, it's so funny with him because now he's eating people food. He's eating human food, you know, and, and they'll try to give him a little something and they can put it in. And if he doesn't like the taste, it's out quicker than you put it in. But if you give him something he likes, he's grabbing for more and just, you know, just shoveling it in. What is the deal? You have to taste something. You have to taste it. I remember being in, in a, a, a big mall and there's a, a Tivana. It's a, a shop that serves like hot tea and all, and they have all kinds of exotic cuts or whatever of teas. And I like hot tea. I don't, I don't really like, I'm not a coffee drinker. And, uh, they had little samples and stuff. And the lady said, would you like to try this? And I go, yeah, what's it called? And they had a little sign there. And then she told me this is what it was called. Okay. Ready? And I was about to have a free sample. It's called monkey picked oolong. <laughs> and I, I thought it's what? And she goes, it's monkey picked oolong. Well, sure. (laughs) And the question that blazing in my mind is, I hope the monkey who picked this washed his hands. (laughs) And then I tasted it and it was not me. But you know what? There's other things just as the word says, you can taste and see that it's good. Listen to me, look at me. Please trust me on this. You need to taste and see that the word is good. Don't be afraid of the Bible. 
Don't think it's this book I can't understand. Listen, God wrote it to who? To you. He knows you. He knows what you can understand. The Holy Spirit who will help you. He's the spirit of the author. Corinthians says he's the only one who understands what the author really wanted in the first place. And he can get it across to us. So sit down with your Bible. Sit down with the Holy Spirit. Sit down alone. Don't let anybody crowd that. And make sure you take the time to read, to study, to hear, to meditate. And taste and see. And you know what? You'll develop a taste. You'll develop a hunger for God's word. And you're going to want it in your life. And then that consistency, it won't be drab for you. Hey, if reading the Bible is boring to you, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. It brings life. It's, uh, Jeremiah said, it was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Let me go quickly. It is also daily bread. I emphasize daily. Because it's something that you need daily. We've heard stories before of people that are lost or missing or wandered off. And people are concerned not just for their safety and well-being, but the fact that there's medicines that they were supposed to be on every day and their medicines were left behind. And we get concerned that something will happen to them. Something will go wrong for them because they don't have what they need daily. I would submit to you that a lot of people, stuff is happening to them and stuff is going wrong. And they're not all that they could be because something that they need daily, they're leaving behind. And it's daily. It's daily bread, daily exposure to daily intake of the word of God. Never start your day without a word from your sponsor. And hear what he has to say about your day. Set a regular time to read and study. Get a translation or a version that's friendly to you. There's some people that will, they'll get so fired up, mad, and they're good church going people. Well, the only Bible is the King James Bible. <laughs> Newsflash, translated out of the original languages and published in 1611 in the King's Old English. And there's too many these and thous and becometh. <laughs> and words that just are not in our vernacular at all today. Awesome work. Thank God for it. But I would encourage you. There are scholarly, accurate, blessed and anointed translations and versions that are available out there. Don't get locked in. You're going to lock yourself out from some things. Let me recommend the new King James and the new living translation, especially second edition, the Amplified Bible and some others that are new and they're good and they'll help you to understand. But don't don't be I, I don't understand it. And it's Kings. Nobody talks this way unless you're like. Hundreds of years old. And I don't see anybody close to that here. Keep it with you. Keep it with you. Yes, you should read in the morning. Yes, you should read at night. First and final 15. First 15 minutes. Final 15 minutes. But keep it with you too. Get you a small New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. Or better yet. In this day, how many of you have a smartphone? All right. How many of you have dumb phones? I mean, it's like they got... Okay, a lot of people, oh yeah, I got a dumb phone. Uh, Is it like this big? uh, How many of you know what a smartphone is? Would that help? Okay, with smartphones and iPads and different things like that, there are incredible programs that you can get and you got the Bible with you. Let me recommend one for you. It's called YouVersion, Y-O-U version, Y-O-U version. You can go to lifechurch.tv lifechurch.tv. It's free. It's the number one downloaded app on smartphones and stuff. It's got multiple versions of the Bible. It's got study helps. It's got reading plans. It's free. 
And it, it, uh, it will be a blessing to you. Why do I need it with me, pastor? How many of you have gone to an appointment before and you get, you end up stuck in the waiting room? In the last couple of waiting rooms I've had to sit in, you know, they don't have anything I want to read. I've got my choice of better homes and gardens and cosmopolitan. You know, wouldn't it be better that I had, that I could feed on God's word? Y'all with me? That could feed on God's word. So keep it with you as well. The question I get asked a lot of times is what do I read? Where do I start? Let me give you a couple things real quick. A proverb a day. Today's July what? 10th. You should read Proverbs 10. Tomorrow the 11th and so on. And then read some Psalms among other things at night. Because Psalms will put comfort and courage back in you. Follow Jesus through the gospels. Do that all the time. And read slow. Here's two keys to understanding the Bible. You ready? Number one, read slow. Stop feeling like, I got to finish, I got to finish. No, you got to understand. Chew your food. Take, take your time with this. So number one key would be to slow down, read slow. Second one would be this. Please get this. The main things are the plain things. Yes, there's deep and deep and deep meanings in scripture, but God wrote this to us. He's not going to hide it from us. He's going to reveal things to us. And as you read, the Holy Spirit will help you to see some plain things that are the main things. And don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible speak to you. Take your time that you're allowing it to actually speak to you. Also read the epistles. You've got Romans and first uh, and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Philemon, Titus, and and so forth. Those were the instructions inspired by the Holy Spirit. Y'all with me? That were written to New Testament believers. This are instructions for life. This is where you're going to find out that this is okay and that's not okay. And be kind to people and be patient with people. And you need to forgive them and you need to do this. And here's about stewardship. Here's about serving. You're going to find all these things. It's going to be clear as day for you there. And remember our summer assignment to read Romans. And Galatians, take your time and read through those things. It'd change your life. And then get into some kind of read all the way through the Bible. One, your Bibles are fine, but don't make that your primary reading. Okay? Make sure you're reading this other stuff in the epistles and Proverbs and the Gospels as well. But I do recommend that you get all the way through the Bible. But if your goal is to just start at the beginning of the Bible and go through and that's your primary reading and you're not well versed, you know what? By the time you get into like Leviticus... You're going to see that I, you know, my child just talked back. And so I need to take them out in the yard and get the neighbors and stone them to death. <laughs> and we're not allowed to eat shrimp. You know, you're going to get confused on this. And there are some great reading plans that you version. I told you about it. It's got some reading plans too. that will throw you back and forth and you get some old Testament, some new Testament and put it together. So you can get all the way through this incredible book. But the main thing is that you, you get the wisdom books and you get the epistles and the gospels to help you along. One other thing that will help you, and I'm almost done, is what do I read? Where do I start? Let me answer that question with a question. What's your problem? What is it that you're worried about? What is the thing that you're facing? What are you dealing with? The Bible's incredibly top, topical and the Bible is full of promises. For every problem, there is a promise. Did y'all get that? For every problem, there is a promise. There's nothing that God hadn't thought of and that God hadn't addressed. And so what you need to do is, this is bothering me. I need to get a promise book. 
Look in a concordance. You can even Google and find out promises for loneliness, promises for uh, guilt. You know, whatever, whatever it would be, you can find that and God will help you with that. But that's another way to read the Bible. We're going to learn to study the Bible. I'm actually going to take a couple weeks in a few weeks on Wednesday nights. And we're actually going to look at how to go beyond just reading and how to actually study. And we'll take a couple weeks on that. I want to promote that a little bit so you'll know about it. And those of you that aren't here on Wednesdays can get your here, get yourself here on Wednesdays. Let me go to one last thing on this. In Psalm 119, verse 11, it says this. David says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hear that again. You have that back there? Psalm 119, verse 11. It says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Will you read it with me? Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Leave that up there if you would just for a moment. And I want you to notice a couple of things. First of all, it's your word. It's his word. I have hidden. The Hebrew means I've treasured it. I've valued it. I'm putting it in a place of safekeeping. And where is that place? It's in my heart. And look at the result. Your word I've hidden. I've so treasured that I've put it in my heart. And the result is that I won't sin against you. And guess what? That's what we've been trying to not do is trying not to sin against God. And what will happen is when we take the word of God and we hide it in our heart, let me say it to you this way. The word of God is going to have such impact on us because our thoughts, remember this, our thoughts, our words, our actions, Where do they come from? Where did Jesus say that our thoughts, our words, and our actions come from? They come out of our heart. He said, where do these things come from? And where does that good thing come from? Where does that bad thing come from? Where do those words come out of your mouth? Out of the abundance of the heart. These things flow up out of the heart. And how you think, how you speak, and what you do determines the outcomes of your life. And if you'll take the powerful, ever-living word of God and put it in your heart... Because what you think, what you speak, and what you do comes out of your heart. If I will now condition my heart with the word of God, guess what? It's going to powerfully impact how I think, how I speak, and what I do. And it will change your life. Not in a day, but day by day. And day by day. And day by day. And you're going to have some days that it's like you hit a gusher. I mean, you hit something that's like, whoa. You can have other days that it almost just seems like, okay, but I showed up and God's going to honor that. And you just stay out of it after it day by day by day. Let me read you one last thing. And then I'm going to close with this this morning. Psalm 19, verse seven through 11 in verse in the new living. Listen to this. It says the instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. I'm just stopped there just for a second. How many of you ever feel like you need your soul revived. The word to totally do it. It's an ointment. It's a balm. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right. Bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear. Giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure. Lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They're more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. 
They're sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant and a great reward to those who obey them. We are in training. We have to have consistent spiritual disciplines in our life. And the number one discipline that you need to introduce yourself to and move into and just start to do day by day by day by day. You'll get better at it. It'll make more sense to you. You'll start to feel the impact of it. It will change you. I visited a lady the other day again. Part of our church body. She's 80 years old. She was in a car accident and she's in a rehab facility getting her her leg and her body back in shape. She's almost done. Thank God. I went to see her the other the other afternoon again. And I recalled as I'm sitting there talking to this lady, 80 years old, precious saint of God, so vibrant. And I remember when Alicia and I went and saw her shortly after she got into that rehab unit and we were talking to her and she's talking to us and Alicia interrupted her all of a sudden and said, I'm sorry, but your skin is so flawless. Your skin is just beautiful. You know what her response was? 30 years of Mary Kay. And I'm not advertising for anybody, but you know what? I think I'm going to get some, but um, here's the point. It wasn't like I put on this stuff the other day. It was 30 years. Just day by day by day. I'm going to make you a guarantee, a guarantee that if you'll start to expose yourself to and take in the word of God day by day by day. What if I miss a day? Then you're out. No, you'll actually find in this word you're still in. But I don't like to miss meals. And you'll feel it. Get back day by day by day. Grow and develop in this discipline and understand that this is God speaking to me. I don't want to go through my day on my own with what I know and what they're telling me on TV. I want my creator and my redeemer and the one who knows everything, our awesome God that we sing about. I want to hear from him today and tomorrow and the next day. We'll continue on with this, but I got to stop. Did you get anything at all out of this?